Greetings. You're listening to the BS Alert Podcast, coming at you again. And with me, as always, is Uber Bill. Why, hello. And Wise Girls. Hi there. And uh, here we are for another show. This is, what, show number 10, I believe? And the big X. Hard to believe. Hard to believe we've gone on that long. <laughs> Hard to believe I could get y'all together in one spot. Hard times. to believe we don't have sponsors yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, i got to have our marketing department get on that right away. <laughs> anyway, uh, today's show is going to be kind of a potpourri. A little bit of everything. A potluck. And, uh, we're going to talk about some common news items and different little things. And uh, just kind of wing it. We've got some interesting new little segments that we're going to try to launch. Where everybody has little vignettes that they want to do and things that they want to talk about. So... Uh, on with the show. Okay, now, um, God, there's so much stuff going on in the news. It's hard to begin, nowhere to begin, you know? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, the very beginning, I've heard, is a good place to start. The beginning, okay. <laughs> well, uh, all right, uh, first off, everybody's aware, and you could probably do, this is another one of these situations where you could do a broadcast a year from now, two years from now, and uh, if we mention the bailout, people will still be nodding their head like, you know, two years from now, what are we going to be bailing out, you know, Kmart? (laughs) Two years from now, that's a good question. I I wonder who it'll be two years from now. Probably, uh, uh, let's go with the casino industry. Casino (laughs) industry. (laughs) It seems like every couple of weeks there's another major, major industry that's in deep shit. (laughs) <laughs> um, this week, it's the auto industry. Uh, That's like cyclical or cyclical. Cyclical, yes, indeed. Yes. A vicious circle. And we talked a little bit about it last show. And, um, of course, there's the finance bailout. There's all kinds of things. And it's it's turning into a big partisan war. Some people are saying the uh, the Republicans are mainly objecting to the auto bailout because uh, it would support the unions, which don't particularly vote. Republican as often as they do Democrat, so it's something to do with that. And we're going to get to that a little bit later. Um, in one of the things I want to talk about is it seems like we still have more weird stuff going on in the financial industry, and sometimes this stuff just boggles me. <laughs> and so let's just let's just jump right in. Let's pile on. Let's pile on, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> let's. The news spread fast and quickly engendered panic amongst investors who gathered at the offices of their alleged swindler. Bernard Madoff was a Wall Street legend and pulled in big clients with big checkbooks. They invested their money with Madoff, in some cases all of their money, tens of millions of dollars, uh, which apparently he was taking, purporting to be uh, getting 10, 15 percent returns on their money when in fact he had lost all of it and was just continuing in a pyramid fashion to get more investors' money and, and, and pretending to pay off the old people with new people's money. And now $50 billion in assets are wiped out, gone. His credentials seemed impeccable, a former chair of the NASDAQ, but a man who prosecutors claim used his cloak of professionalism to commit fraud on a massive scale. Madoff is alleged to have duped investors out of a staggering $50 billion in what could turn out to be the largest ever swindle by one individual. When tackled about his activities, the 70-year-old is said to have admitted his operation was just one big lie. It is um, of of epic proportions. Um, The folks that have contacted us are uh, so profoundly invested in these funds that it will alter their lives pretty much forever, and we we are doing everything we can to behave as quickly as we can in uh, in seeking recovery of those assets. It's claimed he tricked his clients with a so-called Ponzi scheme. Investors are offered abnormally high short-term returns, but their payouts come from money put in by new investors rather than any real profits generated. Such operations often collapse or are exposed before huge fraud takes place, not this time it seems. It's thought some of America's wealthiest socialites are now facing ruin, especially those who'd been tied to the financial power broker for years. Lawsuits are destined to clog the U.S. courts for years. Madoff was released on $10 million bail after being charged with securities fraud. If found guilty, he could face 20 years in jail. Michelle Clifford, Sky News, Washington. And there we have it. 
His cloak of professionalism. I've got to get one of those cloaks. Yeah, I think that's... If it's worth 50 billion smackers. I think I can see what's going on here. Oh, yeah? Yeah, this is this is his retirement plan. You know, <laughs> yeah, you uh, he he's seventy. He might get twenty from? years in prison, so that's twenty years where his his medical bills will all be paid for, food, room, and board. It, it'll be great for him. <laughs> now, here's this is what this is what really bothers me. Um, it says in this in the newspaper, the firm somehow pulled off the fraud despite being subject to examination by the SEC. <laughs> and uh, Madoff has was quoted in a, a speech he gave to a panel discussion saying that the markets now are so well-regulated that it is impossible to commit fraud on any scale, which I guess maybe he, he was just forming a little experiment to see if he was right. It's ridiculous. It's I, completely crazy. It, it's completely crazy. His sons turned him in. That's pretty nuts. Maybe he, <laughs> he they turned him in before because uh, they figured he was going to, you know, turn them them in instead i mean what kind of regulatory oversight do we have when a guy can run a straight ponzi scheme you know he's not even selling ebooks right or no money down real estate or or claiming to be the descendant of uh you know an african uh government official basically the type of fund he was running has almost no regulatory requirements they're not required to tell you how they make money which means they don't (laughs) Well, and he's actually more secretive about his particular fund than most normal hedge funds, which which are also still pretty secretive. But, you know, his was like a black hole because it was a fraud. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now we know. Yeah. Apparently he had complete control, like almost total control over everything that went in and out. That's that's just ridiculous. It's (laughs) just freaking ridiculous. Nice work if you can get it. I mean. How greedy! Because you know he's not a poor man. He he could still uh, rustle up ten million dollars for bond. But what happened when you're doing that? I mean, I can see him losing some money. But bo- the bottom line is, this is about as overt a fraud as you can pull off. Oh yeah. And his website is still up. If you go to the front page, it says <laughs> something completely different than than if you look at some of the other things. But let me read this. This is as we speak. This is on his website right here. It says, um, "In an era." Faceless organizations owned by other equally faceless organizations. Bernard L. Madoff Investment Securities, LLC, harks back to an earlier era in the financial world. An era of robber barons. (laughs) Wait, hold on one second. Hold on. I got to put some music behind this. Give me a second. (laughs) This is on the website for his company right now as we speak. In an era of faceless organizations owned by equally faceless organizations. Bernard L. Madoff Investment Securities, LLC, harks back to an an earlier era in the financial community. An era of robber barons. (laughs) The owner's name is on the door. Clients know that Bernard Madoff has a personal interest in maintaining the unblemished record of value, fair dealing, and high ethical standards that has always been the firm's hallmark. They're going to need a new hallmark. <laughs> and I bet he's going to he's going to try and figure out how limited his liability is in that LLC. You guys just don't yep. appreciate Bernard Madoff. Oh, it's his true. commitment. It's com- <laughs> well, let's hope he gets committed. In the ethics. <laughs> Oh yes, he's a he's a pillar of the ethical financial community. Absolutely. Oh, geez. It's just like it can't get any worse. I mean, oh, it can. Foreclosures <laughs> are are just getting higher and higher, and, and companies are going out of business and dragging other companies with them. And then just actually, this one worries me the least because the people that it devastates are rich, and when a rich person is devastated. Means they can't buy that How could fifth you house. How sympathy for these people. Actually, the the sad thing is that these kind of investments were supposed to be only for rich people, uh. but they've started <laughs> breaking down the minimum investment into smaller packages, uh. so that the little guy can get a piece of the action, uh, of or in so this case, can... a piece of the getting screwed action. <laughs> you know what? The, my iTunes just went to that song. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, nice. it's it's kismet. I like it. Yes, uh, that's yeah. proof there's God right there. 
Yeah. His name is Steve Jobs. <laughs> All right. Um, wow. Well, Here's to you, yeah, Bernard Madoff. Bernard Madoff. <laughs> Here's mud in, the, mud in your eye. You we feel bastard. your pain. I feel your pain. Yeah. Gonna have to sell. I don't know. I've never way. had uh, unwanted anal sex, so hopefully I won't be able to feel all of his pain. <laughs> oh, like these white collar criminals no, have to worry true. about that. You that's know? true. Not unless they want it, I guess. <laughs> a wide stance in a prison stall. Yeah. <sighs> Onward. Okay. Onward. Darn, I wanted to get one of those chings like they have a, in that song. <laughs> yeah. Actually, shit, I gotta call my broker. Can we? <laughs> hold on. <laughs> hold on. Pause? All right. Let's move on. Let's move on. In related financial news, you know. Are whales investing now? <laughs> That's supposed to be spooky. Oh, I'm sorry. Although that reminded me, this reminds me. It's like a, it's like the inside of uh, Wall Street right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, in that clip, they had the uh, they talked about panicked investors. Like investors must be the career equivalent of like uh, of seagulls or something, because it seems like they are panicking at the least provocation. You know what this is? Everything is panicking. This is audio from the actual offices of the Securities and Exchange Commission. <laughs> That's what it is. That explains a lot. They're in some Virginia woods somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's what. Uh, There's Republic- Alan Greenspan. Here. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is this is what Republicans picture as the UAW headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, moving on. In related news, this is a kind of a little local thing. We actually have our own OJ trial going on down here, but unfortunately <laughs> all the other stuff has seemed to overshadow it. Otherwise, it would probably be pretty newsworthy. Indeed, Leno would probably do some stuff on it. Uh, we have a local sportscaster, uh, I think he was a sportscaster, Vince Marinello, who is on trial for the murder of his uh, former wife. Estranged wife. not, not Estranged wife, mm-hmm. yes. Um by the way, she's like 30 years younger than him, too. I think he's 71 and she was like 40-something or something like that. Um, anyway, uh, here's a little snippet. Marinella was accused of killing his estranged wife, Mary Elizabeth, back in 2006. WDSU News Channel 6 reporter Travers Mackle is in Lafayette where the trial is happening and has more on today's courtroom action. Good evening from Lafayette, Louisiana. A very busy first day in the Vince Marinello murder trial. Tomorrow, the trial will resume, and it is supposed to be a very packed day, as we will hear opening arguments beginning on Tuesday, sometime on Tuesday. Nonetheless, today, both sides, defense attorneys and prosecutors, showed they're both playing for keeps. Yeah, they're both playing for keeps. Yeah, like one of them's playing for Apple Jacks. Like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> so, so, Pyle, why are we discussing this obscure local murder trial? Um, because I couldn't find a better story. <laughs> no, no, it's because it's hilarious. Oh, okay, right. Oh, that's right. Murder <laughs> is so funny. Well, no, but the facts are these, uh, that Vince killed his estranged wife, which we're not saying that that is what makes this a funny story. Yeah, that well, part's he, not funny. He's a, he's a sports personality, and there seems to be pretty conclusive evidence that he did it, and he's claiming that he didn't. Well, actually, spoiler alert, he was convicted last week. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to get to that. Oh, damn. But uh, that's why he said spoiler. spoiler. <laughs> right, yes. Uh, th- that clip was from a little bit about, a, I guess, maybe a week or more ago. And um, the trial is already over. It ended today, and he was found guilty. But what was really interesting is, of course, as expected in knowing the outcome, he took the stand for six hours. Six hours. But to kill his wife, he puts on this big-ass black wig. Um, Like a Rasta wig? uh, Yeah, well, I think just like shaggy black curls uh, and like some really old clothes and gets on a bicycle and does basically a bicycle by shooting. He rides up to his wife on this bike and then shoots shoots her in the head. And then bicycles off. And he's wearing a wig. Wearing a wig and some rags. And uh, is he in blackface? Because that would be even more hilarious. It is, but he, he unfortunately, no. Um, although, if he had done that, he would have put it on the checklist that he made for right, himself. Right, right. This is the clincher, okay? 
the guy's <laughs> wife was found murdered. And of course, they go to him to find out what the situation is. And a week after the slaying, detectives found in a FEMA trailer Marinello occupied what detectives call the case-specific checklist, which mentions elements of the crime that had not yet been publicly released at the time. <laughs> so apparently, when they were searching his trailer, they found a checklist, like a to-do list for murdering his wife. <laughs> the beauty of it is Marinello claims, yes, I did write that, but I wrote it after the murder because I was trying to find out what, what this guy would do. You know, I wanted to catch him. It was his detective's notebook. <laughs> of course, thing- <laughs> the problem is there was a few things on the list that wasn't public <laughs> about the crime. And really, if you're making a checklist, anybody, future spousal murderers out there, um, if you're going to make a checklist like that, the last item on your list should absolutely absolutely be to destroy that list. Uh, you shouldn't just leave that <laughs> hanging around. Your, right, uh, it had like my motives. Trailer, trailer. And- to throw gun in the river on the way to mom's and <laughs> buy wig. You know, <laughs> it was it was just pretty pretty crazy. And uh, of course, um, when he was in in court, and they they were they were arguing with him about supposedly some people saw him dressed up like a vagrant, you know, casing the area before his wife was murdered. He said, uh, "You'd have a better chance of finding Mother Teresa in a miniskirt than me dressed up in rags." <laughs> Which well, that goes over big with the largely Catholic uh, jury pool in Lafayette, Louisiana. <laughs> and, of course, the prosecuting attorney went, uh, Mr. Marinello, you're you're pretty arrogant, aren't you? <laughs> and I think he had some kind of smart-ass comment. Wow. Well, well that was Phil Spector's attorney's uh, uh, strategy as well, was to, you know, <laughs> he sucks as a person, but he didn't murder anybody. But uh, But evidently Vince did. Yes, so he's guilty. So I don't know whether there's going to be more appeals or whatever, but of course. it was our little OJ trial. We thought it was going to last longer, but it, d- it only took the jury a short period of time to come back and say, let's get out of here. Well, yeah, there's you know, a sale at Sears. <laughs> Illinois was hogging all of our corruption news. Uh, so we had to we had to turn to good old fashioned murder. Yeah, we're falling behind on that one. Seriously, I know. Folks. Uh, we, we kicked out of office uh, Dollar Bill Jefferson, so we don't have a. You know, any immediately corrupt uh, or that we know of, right? Right. right except for you know Vitter's Vitter sex scandal, around. but oh, right. but that's that's sex. It's not corruption. It's different. It's apparently, completely different. Mm-hmm. Unless it's gay sex, in which case you are the scum of the earth. Right. It's perfectly okay to wear a diaper and see a prostitute, though. <laughs> Forget that. Well, who doesn't? Right. Indeed. <laughs> uh, speaking of amusing things, President Bush gave the commencement address to graduates of. What university? What do you think? Oh, oh I, I guess, know. Who? I guess I think I know what state it's in. <laughs> Texas A and M, the Aggies. Yes, that's a. <laughs> yeah, you heard there was a plane crash in a cemetery. Uh, and they sent the Aggies out there to to help with the rescue efforts. There was uh, thirty people on the plane, and they found eighty bodies, and they're still finding more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for those of you I in digress. other parts of the country, Aggie jokes are quite popular in certain areas of Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, it says, a reflective President Bush told graduates of Texas A&M University on Friday that popularity is capricious, and what matters is whatever they think they've done that's what? right. <laughs> you, you gotta love that advice to graduating kids. This was he, was he crying when he said it? <laughs> <laughs> In the final commencement address of his presidency, Bush commiserated with graduates who don't have a job spoke wistfully about his affection for Texas and described the tremendous privilege of serving as president for two terms. He said, oh, popularity's not everything. He told the graduates to pay no heed to those who recommend something more popular. Remember, popularity is as fleeting as the Texas wind. <laughs> Character and conscience are as sturdy as the oaks on this campus, he told graduates. It's too bad he doesn't have any of those. After which, the heard the sound of creaking was heard later, as mm. oak trees started to try to run for the border. <laughs> Tough crowd. Yeah, what a. <laughs> the so, news treats him like he's not even. You know that that we've already moved on, and I think it's because we all kind of hope. You know, we wish that we already had. Yeah, but this is the audacity of Bush. Wait, he has another thing here where he says, "The only thing that's important is." 
when you look in the mirror, whether you're happy with that, you know, or something like that. See, the, the really sad thing is he is happy when he looks in the mirror and he thinks he's always been right. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't read papers, so he doesn't. I don't, I'd be impressed if he even knew what his popularity rating was or if he even knew that he was unpopular. Well, surely he has to know he's unpopular. He says, these days I'm asked a lot about my time as president. Some days have been happy. Some days not so happy. Every day joyous. Yeah, 9-11 Every was day? joyous, joyous, joyous. joyous well, yes. he got to find out about that goat. You know, <laughs> he, That was a good story. He, he enjoyed that. Uh, not, mu- not long, not long. Not long. I just feel sorry for Obama. I really, I'm, I hope this is, doesn't end up being apocryphal, but I really think they're just going to, you know, the media is just going to never leave him alone. They're going to find something. You know, he tore the tags off his mattress. and It'll be mattress gate for like the first <laughs> two years. <laughs> so anyway, we've got a new segment featuring Uber Bill. And uh, I think he's got some beefs having to do with this whole auto uh, bailout and how a lot of talking heads on the media are saying this is uh, the, the failure of the auto companies is the result of the unions. Just relax. Unions. I mean, come on. The people get all worked up about unions and the fact that unions are apparently destroying the fabric of American society and capitalism and that the big three would have been just fine if if the unions would just disappear and never come back. But the problem with that is it ignores pretty much all of the facts. And I'm not saying that unions are angels. People need to relax about the effing unions. Uh, so there's a figure out that many a politician have been... Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, I'm even worked up. I need to relax. Uh, but there's this number that the people have been throwing, throwing around that unionized UAW workers... Well, of course they're unionized. But UAW workers make $73 an hour. Woo-hoo. Compared with... Yeah, which equates to... Uh, about $150,000 a year. Now, if you think that the guy who puts the doors on your Chevy Malibu makes $150,000 a year, you are retarded. (laughs) Um, There is a great article in the December 10th edition of the New York Times by David Leonard. I think it's Leonard. I've I've only ever seen it written. uh, Where he breaks down what unionized workers make. And so UAW workers, the, the wages that they make uh, can be divided out into three categories. The first category is just straight-up cash payments. That's the wage. That's what they make. And uh, UAW workers make about uh, 40 bucks an hour. 40 bucks an hour is what, not including hey, benefits. 40 bucks an hour. I wish I made 40 bucks an hour. Yeah, no. It, sure, it surely ain't bad. Um. But the so the second category you got to take the union dues out of that. Well, yeah, you do have to take union dues out of that. Uh, and I actually don't have numbers on what union dues are, but I imagine they aren't too onerous. Uh, the second category is uh, fringe benefits. You got your health insurance, you got your pensions, uh, and they do have you know these benefits have real value, and so they're included in what the uh, big three include in the numbers for the, what they pay their workers. And so benefits amount to about fifteen bucks an hour. So if you get for just for a a single worker benefits and cash payments on average they make fifty five dollars an hour. Fifty five bucks 50, an hour. Hey, hey and don't get me wrong, that's way more than I make, and it ain't bad. But it's fifty five bucks an hour. The what you have to do though is compare this to what uh, non unionized Toyota and Hyundai and the Japanese automakers what they pay their workers and their workers including benefits make $45 an hour so there is a disparity ooh 10 bucks an hour 10 bucks an hour so it's 10 bucks an hour and where they get the 70 to 75 73 number is for what the big 3 pay in in terms of benefits for their retirees uh, and they have to include that they lump it on to what they pay their average the average uh, payment for their workers because it costs them money so they have to they have to equate they have to put it somewhere so they the retirees cost 
them about $15 an hour, which they lump in to the current workers' salaries. So, so you're saying they're, they're blowing this out of proportion, that they're the, blowing the, it out the of unions proportion. are not necessarily well, getting more the money than The retiree benefits definitely are killing the UAW, and the reason that they cost the UAW so much is because the big three, or the reason they cost the big three so much, my apologies, is that the big three have a whole bunch of retirees. The big three had a huge pool of retirees before Japanese automakers ever opened up a single factory in this country. So, you know, you give it enough time and there will be a lot of non-unionized retirees from Toyota and Hyundai and Honda plants. Uh, But the big three have these commitments to their retirees, which get added to the current workers. So it makes them seem like they're making this exorbitant amount of money when, in fact, they're really only making about 10 bucks an hour more. But even if you fix that, even if you if you if a bailout or God or gorillas holding money parachuted out of the sky and gave the big three some money, on average it would save the UAW eight hundred bucks a car, because the labor costs related to manufacturing a car are only ten percent of the cost of making a car. Now that's an interesting piece. Ten percent. So the big. The big reason the UA- the big three are in trouble, the big reason they don't have any money is not because of unions. It's because nobody wants to buy their cars. If, right. If, if people were buying their cars, they would make plenty of money. Yeah, it wasn't the unions that, uh, that, it wasn't the that unions. said make, make the Hummer. And the yeah, Humvee. unions have nothing to do with the approval process or the design process or the mock-up process. That was all within the big three. They They... They made those mistakes themselves. Oh, Let's not forget uh, all the money they spent lobbying Congress to not increase fuel efficiency in right. today's cars. Yeah, how so many that- millions of dollars do you think that was? <laughs> yeah, not only did they spend all that money trying to prevent the rules from coming into place, which they were very successful at, but also now they make these huge, big, gas-guzzling cars that nobody wants to buy. So they got a double whammy on that money spent. So just, you know, Bob Corker of Tennessee and Rush Limbaugh and, you know, guys, they just need to relax because unions have a long and storied history of, of, yes, corruption, but so does every other aspect of American life. This is what I think is really interesting, too, is unions, with few exceptions, there's not very many political lobbying groups that represent the average working person. You yeah, know? Oh, absolutely. This is one of the big problems that... Unions are pretty much it. Unions, you know, the AARP used to supposedly represent, you know, middle class and all of that. But then when they got behind that prescription drug bill, it seems like they just were completely Well, the unions had a big part. Yeah, I mean, I agree. The AARP rolled over and just gave in uh, on that. And the unions had a big part in creating the middle class in this country. The unions are responsible for many of today's current working conditions that we all know and love, like having weekends off. Uh, paid sick time, the 40-hour work week. And they've been demonized into these, you know, greedy monsters within, you know, your average CEO who demand, who demands $10 million in bonuses. How is that not a more monstrous excess for right. one person to want that much money? And, but more importantly, the unions represent a check and balance for balance for the corporations. I mean, these corporations, they're outsourcing. They're taking their money and their resources and they're going overseas where they can get cheaper labor. But it's not because they're incapable of operating in the United States. It's that they can make more profit for the management and for the higher ups. And they would prefer not to pass it along to the people. The unions being the traditional uh, lobbying group that helped offset the elite ruling corporate class from just completely walking away from stuff. And I think that's what we're seeing in the right-wing media right now is they're just trying to put the last few nails in the coffin of any special interest group that's representing your average Joe Plummer. I hate to use that metaphor, uh, (laughs) which has obviously been completely perverted. And, you know, wages are are stagnant. The middle class is is shrinking. The gap between the richest of us and the poorest uh, is widening. It's just, you know, unions, I think, are, are due for a resurgence. You know, there, there needs to be a group of people who are looking out for the little guy. And instead, all they are getting is wailed on uh, for, trying to, to, for trying to hold up and make sure that any concessions they give are matched by concessions from the corporations. Right now, it seems like they expect the unions to give up everything 
and then everything will be okay. Bob Corker, who was in part of these negotiations for uh, getting this last-minute uh, compromise bill uh, for a bailout package through the Senate, he, de- he demanded that the UAW give him a date in 2009 um, for when they would lower wages for their workers. He wanted a set date. He wanted a specific timeline. And my response is, since when do Republicans want strict timelines? When, you know, when, are, when have they been the party of setting dates about things? Uh, and and when when is the deadline for the CEOs to drop their salaries down? Oh right, to, I, when are I, they going to sell their corporate jets <clears throat> and make non shitty cars? You tell me when in two thousand nine <laughs> they're going to make an electric car, and then maybe they can talk. Well, let's not forget the CEOs' salaries too. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I, I read somewhere. Okay, it was a cartoon, but I think it's still true <laughs> that uh, the CEO of Toyota makes a million dollars a year, which is a lot of money, but certainly not. It's it's fair not for the, the the CEO of a major corporation, the the CEOs of uh, Ford and Chrysler and GM, they make what twenty seven million? Oh, yeah, significantly more. It's a little more. Orders of magnitude. Yeah. So I just to heap all of this on the shoulders of the unions, just just relax. It took everyone working together to screw that one up, and uh, and it's not all the unions' fault. It's going to take everyone working together to unscrew it. Indeed. And that might not even work. Right. <laughs> we can throw as much money as, as we can at it, and I'm still, you know, unless people feel like buying a GM or a Chrysler or a Ford, then they're still, you know, <laughs> they're not going to they're not gonna recover. There you go. There you go. Yep. I, I've got a new segment that I want to do, and it's called I Don't Have a Problem With That. No. Yes. What? I don't have a problem with it. Wait, there's something you don't have a problem with? Seriously. (laughs) A lot of people are raving and ranting about uh, the scammers on the Internet, the Nigerians and all that kind of stuff. And uh, people are upset. You know, they're losing their money. (laughs) I don't have a problem with (laughs) it. They're just losing their money left and right. (laughs) I think it's a tax on stupidity. (laughs) And I'm perfectly cool with it. If you fall for some, some guy emailing you out of the middle of nowhere suggesting... That he's got $11.2 million and he needs you, some anonymous guy, to help him smuggle it out. Somebody he's never met or right. heard of in any way, shape, or form. And you fall for that, you deserve to lose your money. Wait, but what if his name is Bernard Madoff? Is that cool? <laughs> Should, can I answer then? I don't have a problem. You can trust him. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, these, these scammers, they're, they're all over the place. They're taking all different kinds of forms. Now, if you, if you post an ad on Craigslist or one of these classified sites selling anything you are likely to get a response from somebody. And it's another little twist on the, on the same thing. These, the Nigerians are doing this as well. I put an ad up on one of the sites. I don't remember what it was I'm sell, I was selling, but I got, I got an, um, an email from a guy named uh, Mac Larry. And it says, I am Mac from United States. I got your ads posted. I'm really interested in buying your cutie puppy dog. I would like to buy it for my son in Canada who is married and doesn't have kids. I want him. I don't know what that voice is. What do you think? <laughs> I was going to add. Yeah. I think it's your fake Nigerian. It doesn't like sound Nigerian. Liberian. It's just like a weird voice. <laughs> I want him to take them as his own kids and children. We'd like to know your last asking price, best offer, and if you would accept cashier's check or money orders for payment. And if you can make any arrange for the shipping. Let me know. Please get back to me as soon as possible. And of course, always says, God bless. Oh, yeah. In in Christ's service. (laughs) So obviously I get this email. I didn't even know I was selling a dog. You know, sometimes. (laughs) I was about to say, you're getting rid of your dog? Sometimes you will see these letters and there'll be like a blank thing where they're supposed to enter in, you know, (laughs) dog, puppy, car, wheelbarrow. And they don't even put it in there. I saw your blank on the Craigslist. So I replied, uh, just for the hell of it, asking prices $800. And uh, the response was, thanks for your email. I am okay with the price $800. I'm buying it for my son as a birthday gift. I would like you to send me more pictures anytime you read changes so I can show my son. I think my son is okay with the male puppy. I never said it was a male puppy. (laughs) 
I will be mailing out payment to you by UPS courier service as the shipping you don't have to bother yourself. I have make arrangement for a special professional. Ooh. Ooh. A shipping ninja. <laughs> is specialized in shipping of pets, all equipment he has for shipping pets. So you don't need to be worried. And for there not to be delay in the shipping, I will be sending additional funds <laughs> together with the money order. When you receive it, do not get it cashed. Remove money order for remove your money for the puppy and then send the rest to my shipper. By then I might have gotten his or her information so I can forward it to you. <laughs> so he can come over to your location and have puppy pickup. Because I would not be around to do that. I am going for a Christmas missionary trip. <laughs> wow. I will be needing your full information below. It, it's like when you're on just walking along the street, an ob- obviously homeless person comes up to you and then starts on this really remarkably detailed and twisty story about how, you know, they, they're coming from one place, but then their car. And you then talk the- to homeless people too much, dude. <laughs> Well, like one came up to my house the other day. I just <laughs> bark at him. Just go woof, woof. They look at me funny. It's just my point is the backstory. It's remarkable the amount of work they put into the backstory. Like really? He now he has an imaginary son. He's getting for a Christmas present. Now he, you know, he's he's for, going on some well, missionary work. That, that works because you know he's buying an imaginary dog. That's true. <laughs> so anyway, the, the scam here is obviously, um, it's all about sending you bogus money. Always more than what you ask for. Sometimes they'll send you like, you say it's eight hundred dollars. They'll send you a thousand dollars, and they'll say that's for shipping. And then at the la- then they'll email you and say, "Oh, you know what? I'm going to have my friend pick it up. So can you wire me the difference?" Right. And they expect you to wire the difference before the friend ever shows up. At which place? And, and then of course, if you deposit this bogus, they do two, they do a whole bunch of different things. Sometimes they'll. They'll send you an email that looks like it's from PayPal with a message that says money's been deposited in your account. It's a fake email. I did not know that one. Sometimes, and of course, the email is a phishing thing too. So if you click on the email and ask for your password and ID, uh. you give that to them. But sometimes they'll, the original scams where they actually forged fake cashier's checks. And you deposit it in your bank, and because of the laws, the bank has to credit your account. But then when when the cashier's check is found to be a forgery, they take the money back out. And quite often, you can get nailed for trying to pass a, a bad, bad check. check. Yeah. So these people that think they're actually doing a legitimate business transaction can end up being a party to a fraud. Um, again, and then they send the stupid. shipping money uh, from their own account, and right. it's gone. If the guy can't talk in English, and he wants you to ship you know, some mutt, to another country, I mean, let's be real. You deserve. I don't have a problem with that. The the moral of this story is: do not do business with anyone who can't speak grammatical English. I, I just I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know that's I've one of your, one of your pet of cashier's peeves. checks. Frankly, <laughs> cashier's checks just scare me. Well, if anybody mentions Western Union, right off the bat, beep 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 beep, because <laughs> I think Western Union primarily exists just to take advantage of people. You know, you can wire people money and you can't get it back. I don't think that's any of their promotional material. Yeah, well, until Western <laughs> Union's a sponsor, which I don't think I'll have to worry about. I'm, no, but it's true. I mean, it's a way of sending money where you're, that's it. When you send it, it's gone. doesn't matter what the hell happens. Yeah. I've never seen a company who has never done anything about the overt fraud that that its services are used for. So. <laughs> I can't imagine now in this day of, you know, rapid wire transfers and instant information. I, I can't imagine doing wiring money now. Can you imagine wire, wiring money back when Western Union first started? Well, and if like, you remember well, the early commercials. Then it was the only way to send money. It was but, usually somebody that got pulled over by some country cop, you know, and they were about to go to jail. They had to run to Western Union. And it was like a bribe. Right. I mean, even the early commercials were kind of like that. It was like. It's like, help me, Western Union. <laughs> so anyway, I don't have a problem with that. But uh, Wise Girl does have a problem with something. I have a problem. Uh-oh. And we uh, we don't have, do we have a name for your segment yet? No. Send your uh Pile your on. Ideas We're going to do pile on. Pile on. Pile on. Yeah. Pile on. <laughs> By the way, 
if you disagree with any of this, go to our website, www.bsalert.com, and uh, log in. You know, there's stories and information. You can get our weekly mail out, and uh, you can comment on the stories, and we're all on there, and we'll respond. We've even got a forum. You can go to the forum and say you think we suck. and Call us Nazis. Yeah, we're totally cool with that. <laughs> so please do. And uh, Wise Girl. Yes. You uh, You have... You want to pile on something. I would like to pile on. I would like to pile on those who misuse apostrophes and quotation marks. Aw, snap. <laughs> yeah, I know it sounds like a, a, a pretty uh, piddling thing, but the it misuse... Apostrophe S is on. <laughs> the misuse of these, of these punctuation marks has just become suddenly rampant. You're wrong, while you are. You're, you're wrong about this. <laughs> uh what really ticks me off the most is not even failure to use these marks because that's well it it it's ignorant it's stupid it looks dumb but uh it's not quite as bad as throwing them in where they don't belong you know it's kind of like i know i should be punctuating this sentence but i don't actually know how so Here's a few punctuation marks thrown in at random for you. Well, you know, there, well, there's some yeah. evidence to indicate that they migrate to where they're supposed to be if they're left long <laughs> enough. That is how uh, I use semicolons. I, I've, never, I've never seen it work that way before. I've never <laughs> seen them migrate. If you can point out the migratory it's, path. It's the new version of Office, I think. It's, a... it, it, it's almost like people have decided that they know apostrophes sometimes come before S's. So they just put them in before S's at random regardless of whether it's a contraction or a possessive or it's there's an s it must have an apostrophe what they've been doing with quotation marks is they've been using them for emphasis this results in some pretty hilarious uh phraseology if you will <laughs> when you get things like free puppies yeah i've seen that the quote unquote free like does what the hell does that mean? Well, under proper rules of punctuation, it means they're not really free. <laughs> it means free is being used ironically or in a sense other than how it would normally be used. But well, the people usually time you use free, it's kind of ironically implied. I mean, well, I'm, not unless it's free. not if it's really free. It's a little more overt if you're putting or or uh, I, I'm really fond of this particular one. World's quotation marks best breakfast. <laughs> or coffee or whatever, because those quotation marks are essentially saying it's not the best, folks. Really, you, you should know by better. Our employees. <laughs> so, that, but they think that it's like underlining it or putting it in bold, because <laughs> you know quotation marks. Well, it makes it stand out. It makes it stand out as you know something other than what it actually says. So they actually undercut themselves. <laughs> so I'm people. If you don't know how to use punctuation, take the smart route and just don't use it. At least you'll be ignorant in a normal way. Silently ignorant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very glad that you weren't uh, my, one of my high school English teachers. So. <laughs> you should be glad. <laughs> it is really amazing how people cannot spell, how apparently they didn't learn a lot of grammar. Well, and, and text messaging will destroy any right. ability that people have had. My... Uh, Young cousins and, and friends of mine, younger r relatives, they just, they text in that kind of pigeon numeric and, and alphabetical language that it just doesn't work. I mean, I guess it's sort of phonetic and it's, it's terrible to you know look what, at. You know what bothers me is now they have some, some of these PDAs uh, will translate on the fly. Mm. Like if you type, you know, Y-O-U-R-E, it'll automatically stick the apostrophe in there. Ah, uh, yeah. Or wow. you know, if you type R and space R, it'll it might it changes it to A R E. But although, I think all of them should do that. But you know, also with a little bubble that pops up, here's how you spell it right. <laughs> you ignorant. I kind of like that because at least it, it you end up with something that is correct, unless of course they're translating something. Yeah, but that it's kind of that teach translated. a man how to fish thing. Like if you correct it, then they. Actually, I guess it's the the opposite of the teacher man how to fish. You know, it's like a spell them, checker, and then they have no concept. They don't and know how to do it for themselves. The problem with the spell checker, of course, is that uh, it only catches things that are sure. mistakes, right. not context insensitive. Like, and that's how you end up with things like pubic education. 
<laughs> because those are both words. But if you meant public education, it can be kind of embarrassing. No, no. no I, I meant pubic education. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know you two do, but <laughs> you got to get a pubic education. I mean, it's some important. It is an important part of any education. <laughs> so uh, apostrophes just irk you. You're one of those grammar Nazis, as uh, is or said just on a. The Speaker of proper English. For yeah, I'd, I'd rather go with the, you know, actually learned how to speak and write English. Yeah, that, uh, but uh, a, a, a little side pile on is since when did like wanting things to be the way that they're actually supposed to be make you a Nazi? Agreed. <laughs> right, right. What the, what well, the you know, hell? our local newspaper was notorious for that. When the year 2000 was coming around, they had this countdown to the millennium. <laughs> and they'd have on the front page of the paper, they'd have X number of days to the millennium, and there'd be an asterisk. And if you'd follow the asterisk down to the bottom of the page, it would say the millennium st starts not at 2000, but, but 2001 for the purists. <laughs> like, you mean those who have a grasp of facts? Yes. <laughs> that, that does kind of piss me off. I don't know. I like that they acknowledged it. But without you know without they, getting freaky about it. They acknowledged it only after there was a humongous number of people that wrote in <laughs> saying, that's wrong, the, the millennium is not the year 2000. You don't start counting with zero. You Look, start counting with one. If you're going to expect the newspapers to run facts, you're, just, you're barking <laughs> know, up the I wrong thinking? tree. I can appreciate how it's like, it's just, it's not fashionable to care whether or not you're accurate anymore, which I do find kind of annoying. But I'm a software engineer by trade, so... It's important Specificity to me. is important. You know. Well, think of it in terms of uh, what if you had, what if you just threw stuff into your code at random? It'd that be would be worse. bad. It's, be a Microsoft it's kind of developer. similarly bad <laughs> in English. I mean, I, I'm not a Nazi. I, I, I make <laughs> allowances for, uh, you know, context. If you're writing me an informal email, I'm not going to pounce on your lack of apostrophes. I might think bad things about you, but I won't say anything. But if you're in, say, uh, a published journal, a newspaper, the New York Times, or even a sign in the front of your diner, if you're going to be in a public place sure. where lots of people will read it, it really kind of ought to right. be not be wrong. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're going for that demographic, you know. <laughs> it's a ever widening demographic. I'm afraid that demographic wouldn't necessarily know the difference. It's so a it, big it, damn tent. It's not that really that effective. That would be kind of amusing to see one of those elite speak menus in a restaurant. You know, try to figure out everything. Actually, that would be kind of fun if that were the theme of the restaurant. Let's go for it. Mm, peanut butter and jelly. Yeah. How would you Doritos how would you spell beef Wellington in that stupid <laughs> I am speak? Well, you'd have a, you'd change the E to th the number three. Oh, that's true. Yep, yep. You know, have you seen that TV show Numbers? On they kind of like put all this tech stuff as part of the plot, but it's just the most ridiculous stuff you've ever seen. No. Broadcast television has ridiculous stuff on it's it? Like, yeah. Especially when they talk about things like higher mathematics? <laughs> I don't even think that shows about, like, higher mathematics. I know, but, you know, you it's watch got, on... It's like, I think it's just multiplication. It's that they ridiculous, kind of though. It's like, oh, look, crime. there's a... Let's look at this surveillance camera. Can you zoom in on that left side? And, of course, in real time, there's this <laughs> sound where it comes <laughs> up and... Clarify Zone Seven. Move it. I mean, it goes around the corner. Has anybody done that? Hey, before? it's the FBI. They have that secret technology. Oh, right. I, I think it's in. I think Macintoshes can do it. I don't yeah. know. I've never. Okay, so uh, be careful when you write "wise girl" that your spelling is and grammar is proper. That's right. And if you submit an article to BS Alert, it might be edited for for, for punctuation. She's that's edited right. and some of mine. That's for sure. But send us all email at BSA staff. As in the infection, at bsalert.com. BSA. <laughs> Actually, not not as in the infection, but with two Fs rather. <laughs> See, I think totally he meant to. I think he meant to distinguish between you know paid staff and and just and a, us an unwanted thing that is keeping. Oh, that's like S T A P F. Yes. H G the, the, something. The disease is spelled with a P H. Okay. Well, there you go. I guess I'm not even qualified. To... <laughs> You're a Nazi. Oh well. There we go. <laughs> Another episode. <laughs> Shambles into the station. Uh, where's that apostrophe going? <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we're, we've got another show coming up that's going to be really cool, too. We're going to be um, interviewing somebody. 
<laughs> Stay tuned for that one. I, we actually know who we're going to be interviewing, so I don't know why I won't say it, but I won't. Because we might not get him. That's right. Just mad off my his bail might be revoked. That's true. <laughs> anyway, visit us on the web www.bsalert.com and you don't even have to put the www in there but if you want to make wise girl happy you will put it with the proper punctuation no quotation dang straight right. if you don't put those periods you will not get there that's right and uh email us come visit us if you know if you like the podcast tell your friends including you people that do the podcast over there <laughs> went to a party last night at uber bills uh, and I mentioned the podcast, and nobody, none of his friends even know about it. <laughs> what is the deal? It's a good question. I, uh, I'm not ashamed of it. He's I, on I'm the sure. down low. I'm, I'm quite proud of it. <laughs> I, perhaps I don't want them to think I'm as smart as I am. Please now. tell your friends, because <laughs> apparently none of us here are telling our friends. So, uh, But we are on iTunes, and you can subscribe on the website at podcast.bsalert. And... Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for your support.